And now, for the most famous words in motorsports, please welcome your Grand Marshals, Miss Sprint Cup, Kim Kuhn, Madison Martin, and Juliana White. Drivers, start your engines! All right, another episode of the XB Podcast, ready to go, Tyler at Dalton Mullinax with you as always. And Dalton, you can change the format, you can change the rules package, you can go to a different racetrack. Story remains the same, though. Kyle Larson is the hottest thing, maybe in racing overall right now, as for the third week in a row, he finds himself in victory lane this time for the second time in the All-Star race. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's unreal, the role he and that five team are on right now. I mean, it's, you know, you look at obviously what he did in the, the Coke 600 and you're like, okay, well they've had good speed a mile and a half this year. And then, mm-hmm. you know, you followed it up with, um, you know, going out, going out West to Sonoma and he whoops everybody's butt there. And then, you know, you're thinking, Oh, what's the all-star race. There's no way, you know, that he won't, you know, be as, he won't be as good. Yeah. Well, look, Look who's million dollars richer. I mean, it's just, it's incredible. And I feel like we should have seen this coming because even when we go to super speedways where we have less horsepower, who always qualifies up front? Hendrick Motorsports. Who always has at least one driver in the mix during the race? Hendrick Motorsports. So the fact mm-hmm. that we basically ran a super speedway motor package at Texas, why didn't we think that Hendrick was going to go out there and be as dominant as they did? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, the Hendrick is the class of the field right now. I mean, we've known that for a few weeks, but, but I mean, what they've just been, you know, taking names and kicking a double S and it, you know, it's just, it's been a, it's been a fun few months to watch them. That's for sure. Well, that's the thing too. Like, okay, let's say that Kyle Larson doesn't win it. The Coke 600 doesn't win at Sonoma. Well, guess what? Chase Elliott would have won those races. So it's not yeah. like, okay, well, Kyle Larson's going out there, but he, you know, Brad Keselowski's finishing second to him or whatever. No, it's Hendrick back-to-back-to-back-to-back. To back to back to back. They're right there. So if one guy isn't going to win, it's going to be one of the other guys. Yeah, yeah. It's been dominance for sure. Um, we, we've talked plenty about Kyle Larson's dominance this season. We'll talk about it more as the year goes on. we got to talk about the All-Star race itself, though. We talked about it going into last week, really when this format was announced. There was so much going on with this. You had rounds. You had – inversions that were decided by a random draw you had the math it just there was too much going on well the thing with an all-star event is like it's supposed to just be fun you're supposed to enjoy it like sure. i was here you know and they were even talking about the broadcast oh well if if william byron finishes here oh he's gonna start on the pole in this final stage and like right. You know, it's just like I should be worried about the. You know, maybe it was a distraction from Texas racetrack in general. But um, you know, I, I mean, it was it was interesting to see. I just wish there weren't so many gimmicks. I mean, yeah. um, I've always viewed the All Star Race as the opportunity to get somebody new into the sport. So if you know somebody who's never watched a NASCAR race before, and I've had this happen before. People are like, hey, you know, I'm looking to get into NASCAR. Watch the All-Star Race. It's short. It's literally the best drivers, the drivers that have won over the course of the past year and a half, running a short race, 
for a million bucks, no points on the line. Like that is exactly the type of race that can get a new fan interested. When you and I, diehard fans, are confused watching this all-star race on Sunday, what's somebody that's never watched NASCAR going to think? They're going to think it's like this every single week, and they're not going to tune in the week after. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. You throw all these rules in there, and then it's just kind of like, well, why? You know? Um, and, and we can talk about what track deserves to have it, um, you know, if, until we're blue in the face. But last year's – Bristol All-Star Race was great. It's short track racing. You have guys getting pissed off at each yeah. other. And it's just, I, you know, I, I, feel like, I know like, like you talked about the casual fan that turns in sure. or tunes in a race. They want to see speed and yeah. all this. Get it. But there's just something about short track race that I feel like is just the bread and butter of NASCAR to an extent. Yeah. I don't know. And so the Bristol uh, All-Star Race last year, wasn't perfect, but there was room for improvement. It was, it was set a good baseline. I think the race could have been longer, could have done something a little bit with, with the, the um, segment links and stuff like that. It was a good start, and I feel like that's something we should have built on instead of going to Texas. And I'll, I'll throw this out there. Put on the tinfoil hat if you want. Was this just NASCAR's way of throwing Eddie Gossage a bone on his way out? Like, yes. all right, you're going to retire after this race. Here's the all-star race do whatever you want with it, whatever, you can have it at your track. Because, again, as much as we may not like Eddie Gossage, he's been around the sport for a long, long time, and he's in good standing with people at NASCAR. So I could see how this might kind of be something they worked out with him. Like, look, this is going to be your last race. Go out with a bang. Do whatever you want. Texas the heck out of this thing. That's kind of what we got. Yeah. Yeah, unfortunately, that's just kind of what we're, what we're stuck with this year. I'm just glad it's over. And I'll say this. It wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be, the racing. And I think that's just mainly because we had so many stops and starts and, yeah. and all that. Bundled all the guys up. Restarts are great with this package. We know that. I was going to say, uh, this was literally nothing but a race of restarts. Cause, and so you had the 30-lap segment, which was, you know, it's had the mandatory pit stop. There was a caution there with about 10 to go. So at no point during the night between the Open and between the All-Star Race itself did we ever have more than 20 green flag laps consecutively. Right. Um, yeah. I Just, I don't know. It's, it's over with. It was, I mean, I, I watched the entire thing. Sure. But, uh, you know, it is what it is. Well, and, and to me, and we're going to have a little bit of a throwback here for those that don't know, the precursor of this podcast was a sports power hour on WUOG 90.5 FM. And I remember we did a show the day after the 2018 All-Star Race. We talked about it. You and I, we thought it was a good race. We both agreed, I never want to see this package in a points-paying race. Keep it for the All-Star Race. All-Star Race, no points, supposed to be entertaining, fine. No put restrict plates on these things, go for it. I don't want to see this creep over into week-to-week racing. Right. We didn't get the same thing. We had something similar with the low uh, horsepower, high downforce package that came in in 2019. That's my concern with this is like, okay, we look at these 15 lap runs that we had on Sunday night where, yeah, they were close together and yeah, they got, you know, two and three wide and it was exciting. Is that going to creep over into what the next gen rules package is going to be? I certainly hope not. Yeah, I hope not, but I mean, we, we don't know. And, and, I can't trust NASCAR's brass anymore to make the right decision on these type of things. 
who's been down yeah. this road too many times. Everybody's saying do this, they end up doing this over here. So I'm, that's why I was kind of hoping it wasn't going to be that great of a race. So there, that thought wouldn't even cross anybody's mind. But now I'm kind of like, ugh, you know, are we going to have 500 horsepower cars next year with 10 inch spoilers? I hope not. Yeah. But maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I hope not, but we don't know. We don't know yet. And it'll take, I guess, a little bit before we actually find out. Yeah. So I don't know. Um, it just, it takes us such a bad track. Can we just, yeah. The track's awful. Um, I think the fact that they were running it in the heat of the day, especially the open. So the open is usually the best race of all-star weekend. It was, eh, it was okay. Um, I do know that anytime anybody tried to get up into that second lane, it was black ice and they were spinning out, which I was like, oh man, we're in for a long night. As the sun went down, that kind of calmed a little bit. So when the actual all-star race was being run, that wasn't really much of a problem, but still this was a, Texas is a one groove track. They have ruined the second groove up to the wall, which is this absurd amount of PJ one. And I don't think there's any way to fix it anymore. Without, without, reconfiguring especially obviously one and two i mean i don't think you can no so i mean all right we're gonna go back there in the playoffs give me a one groove track we know what to expect got 500 miles like i'm not excited about that no i mean what's there to be excited about i don't know but i i, I was hoping so eddie gossage teased this big surprise for the fans after the race and like Part of me was like, hey, we're going to turn Texas Motor Speedway into a short track. Like, that's what I was hoping for. It ended up being some silly drone show or something. Yeah. Which, which it's funny to me that Eddie Gossage promoted this because it was all about thanking him. So he promoted, like, his own, like, celebration, basically. Mm-hmm. Which is kind of on brand, honestly. It is. Um. Yeah, it still hasn't set right with me, his little parting shot a couple weeks ago. Like, yeah, this sport's just not the same because the drivers don't want to do X, Y, and Z. Mm -hmm. I, I wouldn't go out pointing the fingers at the drivers, buddy. You messed up your own racetrack. Exactly. Exactly. So he's gone. Texas had the all-star race. It shouldn't have it again. Um, and I've, uh, I really liked what Gluck and Bianchi wrote for The Athletic. Just the, like, if we're going to do the all-star race, let's go somewhere we don't go or we've never gone before. Let's think really outside the box here. Bowman Gray, uh, Nashville Fairgrounds, you know, run it in the parking lot of the L.A. Coliseum. I don't know. Just do something different. Yeah. You know, and I, I saw that same list, too, and I, which is funny. We'd actually talked about the Coliseum a few weeks ago. Yeah. Um, but, like, you know, even for me, like, you know, I, all we keep hearing is about the Chicago street course, you know, let's have the all-star race in Chicago. I, I mean, I don't, I don't know. Just that's, it's a chance to be, be something unique. And my thing is like, if it was, if I was, if I was the one that got to choose, I'd put it at Bristol because sure. I've made it very clear my love affair for Bristol. Sure. Um, but you know, like my thing is like, let's move around. Let's, let's go somewhere. I mean, I know we'll get to it in a minute, but look what they did up at Stafford in Connecticut. I mean, NBC – or, excuse me, CBS put on a show. You know, you could, one weekend, one weekend, one Saturday night, let's do it. And how – and one of the examples that uh, Bianchi and Gluck were using was Bowman Gray Stadium. So Bowman Gray Stadium has this reputation just being this ravenous Saturday night short track. They call it the Madhouse for a reason because just 
it's chaotic and like how cool would it be if 20 of the best cup drivers were out there running a 150 lap race on a Saturday night in addition to you know modifieds or whatever else they run there like bring bring NASCAR into the smaller town bring it somewhere that it's never gone before well I mean the Cub Series used to race there a long long time ago but you know what I mean bring it that'd be bring it back to its roots that'd be really really cool and I feel like you get a lot of people interested in that yeah no I agree so I don't know and the the tricky part of all this track contracts so Speedway Motorsports owns the rights to the all-star race. So it went from Charlotte to Bristol, now to Texas. So if we're going to keep moving it, that means Vegas, Atlanta, um, Sonoma probably wouldn't have it. But like these tracks that are owned by this company are, as of now, the only ones feasible for hosting this all-star race. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I think, it, I think a nighttime Atlanta race in the middle of summer would be cool, but hey, I'm not the one that makes those decisions, but. Well, I also think nighttime Atlanta race for in the regular season, like this year, would be great. But whatever, you know, we'll come back to that. Uh, speaking of that, they moved the Xfinity race at Atlanta from three to three thirty. So you know, because it's it's only going to be ninety nine degrees at three thirty instead of a hundred like at three o'clock. Well, they're just giving they're just giving us another half hour for showers and thunderstorms to pop up. We love we love it pretty much. Yeah, I didn't. And I was like, if you're going to do this go 7.30, like, make it a night race. I don't – 30 minutes isn't going to make a difference. You know, I, I don't want to get too off topic here, but I, when I saw that today, I think – I don't know if you retweeted it or, or whatever. I, I saw it. Yeah. And um, I was just like, I don't understand. Because I know, like, the reason that they moved off the Labor Day race was because of football. And football is king of the South, and I understand that. I understand that move completely. Yeah. But, like, why don't you put – this race on a Saturday night started mm-hmm. at like block who care I mean there maybe there's some ordinance or something that you know you can't start or you can't run past 11 or whatever the number is but like put it under the lights you know where it'll finish up under the lights and stuff like that and the key is too like I'll be interested to see the crowd I'll be out of town on vacation yeah but I I had talked to my dad about it I was like I probably wouldn't go I mean because yeah. I just don't want to be sitting out there in the middle of the afternoon yeah you know melting sure um i'm still working on some details of going myself but i i plan to spend a lot of that in the shade or inside somewhere because yeah. i don't want to be cooking in 100 degree and here's the thing now it's not 500 miles it is 400 that's still going to take three three and a half hours yeah so and at, and this is a big problem at texas so as of now smi tracks don't allow coolers inside it was a mm-hmm. big uproar about this on Sunday night where it was like 100 degrees at Texas. Fans were having to wait in line for $8 bottled water like this. They need to change something fast with that, especially considering the fact that you're going to a track like Atlanta in just about a month where it's going to be hot in the middle of the day. And are you really going to ask people to spend $50 on a couple bottles of water as opposed to bringing in their own coolers? Like, you better think this through. Yeah, and, you know, I, I don't – you know, I, I've really enjoyed with stadiums in the past couple of years, kind of going to the clear bag policy. Yeah. Uh, I don't mind that. Somebody needs to come up with a clear bag cooler. Yeah, I'm sure it exists. Yeah. So, I mean, it, but again, you should be able to bring your own stuff in. Well, and that that's how it was for a long time. The way I understand it is SMI changed their procedures with COVID last year. Of course, mm-hmm. when you had limited fans, you didn't want the security people getting up in people's faces. I get that. 
if your track is open to 100% capacity, why, why would you still have this rule? That doesn't right. make sense. Right. No, I agree. So, like, if you're still operating at 33%, all right, fine. But if you're going to allow everybody in the grandstands, you're clearly – the concern is not there anymore. So, let people bring in a cooler. Right. I don't know. Um, one thing that did – something else that did happen for the weekend you mentioned a moment ago, the Superstar Racing Experience finally – got off and rolling and uh, i think i actually picked this correctly doug kobe won the first mm -hmm. race so um but besides that just kind of overall impressions of what we saw saturday night for this new racing series that features a lot of legends but some fresh faces too that we're not as familiar with um i i, I was i didn't have high expectations for it really i mean if i am being 100 percent honest the coolest thing was alan bestwick calling the race that hearing him it's like, wherever the next TV deal goes for NASCAR, please bring him back. That made my heart very happy hearing him. I was like, so good. But, like, I mean, it was, it was cool seeing some of these veterans of, of NASCAR um, back. It was, it was cool. I, I mean, it's, it's not something that I'm going to, you know, if I'm, if I'm out on a Saturday night and I'm not going to be able to see it, sure. I'm not going to. But, but it, was, it was cool. I mean, it was um, – it was interesting, and it was a great broadcast, and the numbers were great on it, the ratings numbers. I'll say CBS, from a presentation perspective, did a phenomenal job. It, yeah. It, everything that we complain about with, like, Fox and NBC, I feel like CBS did those things right. And it just felt like a re – like, Danica Patrick was Alan Bestwick's um, broad, uh, broadcast partner. I guess technically should be the color commentator, but, like, at no point – did I feel like they were dumbing things down for me? Like, no. clearly, I'm, if I'm watching this series, I know something about racing, right? Right. And they, as a fan, as a member of the audience, that's how they treated me when I'm watching this, which I love that so much. They didn't, and sure, it, since it was the first race, yeah, you're explaining procedures and stuff like that, but they didn't nail, it over the, nail me over the head with it like Rick Allen does telling me, Oh, don't forget at the end of this stage, you know, the top 10 get points. Hey, remember at the end of the stage, the top 10 get points. Like, okay, we get it. Yeah, don't forget that a green flag means go. You yeah. know, I mean, and I know what you mean by that. that that's something, that's a good point. Um, but, yeah, it was just, it was interesting. It was a good, I, I didn't have anything else to do Saturday night. Right. Um, so, I to, but for me, it was, I mean, I was, like I said, Alan Bestwick, my heart skipped a beat when he came on. I was like, this is so great. We need this back on a weekly basis. Yep. Um, number two, like, like Tony Stewart's a guy that I just, I really enjoy, like just, you know, hearing him talk about the sport, watching him and just, you know, seeing him bumping fenders with guys, you know, that Bill Elliott, Michael Waltrip, yep. it's just, it's cool. It's really cool. I will say, I don't think with the way these cars are designed, and I heard Doug Kobe kind of talking about this a little bit earlier today, but I don't think the way those cars are is necessarily perfect for a track like Stafford, which is a very flat half-mile track, I guess, because, uh -huh. you know, you, you, can't, you can't carry as much speed there. I'm really interested to see. They're going to go to dirt for the next couple of weeks, but when they get to run at Nashville Fairgrounds and Slinger, which are high-bank short tracks, I think this is going to be some really great racing. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm looking forward to. Yep. Um, I do. And, you know, like I said, I, I picked Doug Kobe because he obviously knows the track really well, but, you know, and, and he talked about this too, that like for him, a guy that's been running modifieds up in the North, uh, up in Connecticut at Stafford Speedway for the past 
20 years, like here was a chance to race on national TV with, you know, guys that he grew up idolizing or heroes of his, these guys from other disciplines of motorsports and goes out there and beats all of them. So I don't know what that's going to turn into for him, but maybe get some a truck ride. Maybe he gets some, I don't know, an Xfinity ride or something like that. Now he's 41 years old, so he's not going to become some full-time guy, but I don't know, maybe gives him a shot at one of the top three series because he proved he could go out there and get it done. Well, I think, I mean, I think you look no farther than Josh Berry. Mm-hmm. I know different, but somewhat the same. I mean, you know, give a guy an opportunity and, and you know, a one-off. And if he makes something of it, then I can do a little bit more. Yeah, absolutely. So they're going to go to Knoxville this weekend. Haley Deegan is going to be the, um, the, I, she's not technically the local hero. Well, no. I guess you could call it the celebrity driver. I guess, because they have two cars. They have 10 drivers that are running the full schedule, and they have two cars that are kind of interchangeable. So, okay. Yeah. So, because Biffle's not running this weekend either. Because I think right. he's only in for two races. So, she'll take one of those cars, I guess. But um, Which, for her, again, this is just getting experience because the truck's going to run in Knoxville um, at the beginning of next month. So, that's basically what the, what she's out there for but I don't know I'll be interested to see how she mixes it up with some of these veterans yeah well and I think too like we talked about it a couple weeks ago I'm surprised that they're letting her do it uh they is in NASCAR um but you know what more power to her get more time behind uh you know she's drove different cars throughout her career so um adapted it that's the thing is I really don't know how NASCAR feels about this. Obviously everybody in the industry was tweeting about it and talking about it. So it's not like NASCAR is telling people to ignore it, but yeah, I, I don't know how they feel about like, I, I know Chase Elliott had, had expressed some interest in maybe running a race that didn't come to fruition. I don't know if NASCAR was to blame for that or, or what the deal is, but I, I can't imagine they they love the fact that one of their owners went out and, you know, made this not a rival series because it's never going to rival the cup series, but basically went out and created his own motorsport series. Right. So, right. I don't know, but I'm excited. I think six races in the middle of the summer, it's just the perfect amount of, of racing to keep you interested and um, mm-hmm. the variety of tracks they're going to go to. I'm really excited to see how the uh, rest of this uh, series goes. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. Uh, the trucks and Xfinity series ran Saturday in Texas. It was very, very hot there as well. Um, John Hernimacek picks up another win. Uh, in the Chuck series, Kyle Busch picks up the win in the Xfinity series. Pretty good day for uh, the KBM camp. Yeah, yeah, and it was you know it was um, I don't have him pull up right pulled up right now, but um, I think that I picked Kyle on Saturday. Mm. Um, so I think points wise, it's plus one you for picking Kobe. Yeah, uh, but yeah, I mean it was just it was the Xfinity cars slipping around on Texas was fun to watch, but. Um, but yeah, just a overall, just kind of a man weekend. Yeah, and the Xfinity cars, I feel like we're a little bit better and maybe trying to tiptoe up into that second groove, but still, for the most part, you got up there, it was black ice. Poor Sheldon Creed in the truck series race, he touched, yeah. he touched the stuff twice within like 20 laps and he was done. Yep. Um, something else that was prevalent over the weekend I wanted to bring up, um, Cautions for not cautions. So I think the most glaring example was Brandon Jones getting a little bit sideways in the Xfinity race. And then we saw in both the open and the all-star race, like these half spins, like get a little bit of tire smoke and then they throw the caution. Like 
okay, maybe they're being a little proactive after what happened in the truck series race at Charlotte a couple weeks ago, but like, come on, at least give the guy an opportunity to save the car before you throw the yellow. Well, give him a chance, give him a chance to save it. And then also give, you know, it don't, don't screw up the race. Sure. Yeah. And when we went to stage racing and for a while, I feel like they were doing this pretty well was like allowing things to happen a little bit more naturally, not calling debris cautions, not being as trigger happy when somebody scrapes the wall or something like that. Because again, we have right. two built in cautions every single race, but I don't know, we're, we've kind of reverted back to like, Oh, well that could be a caution. Let's go ahead and throw it. You know, like, now we're looking for reasons to throw cautions, even when we don't need them. Right. Yeah. I mean, it'll, it's just, and again, it's a judgment call. I mean, it's, it's like a foul in basketball. You can't review it and say, Oh yeah, go ahead. Keep going. I mean, once you, sure. once I, I don't know if there's a button they push that does it or what, but once you push that proverbial button, that, that's it. it. It's caution, whether they get it turned around or not. Yeah. So is what it is. Uh, heading to Nashville this weekend. First time in the top three, top three series have raced there um in 10 years give me 750 race which i'm excited for um now they have sprayed something in the upper grooves it's not pj1 it's a resin type substance so i don't know what difference that's gonna make but uh i guarantee you one thing it's probably gonna be pretty hot there too yeah it'll be a hot this weekend um you know I, I don't you know we've talked about it before on here and um I mean, my fandom for NASCAR really began in the early 2010s. So I don't remember a race at Nashville. I, I'm excited. I don't know. It's, I'm just, I'm excited to go back and, and to kind of, uh, I, I, I don't know what to expect. Also excited. We've got practice this week. Yep. Um, so it'll be interesting to see. Um, I don't know. Again, I don't know what to expect. Maybe you can elaborate on that a little bit. I mean, it's like you said, it's been a decade since we've been there. Yeah. Um, I think so from what I remember watching races at Nashville, because it's concrete, so it's like Dover, um, which is for a track, because it's a 1.3-mile track, that's kind of odd for a track that size. It is kind of one groove, which is why I think they've been spraying the substance in the upper groove. So I don't know how it's going to race. I, I'm not going to expect it to be like in Atlanta or something like that. Um, I mean, surface is old, so I imagine it's going to be abrasive, but I, this thing, I, I don't really know. It's been 10 years, so... Um, like I said, I'm excited to have practice on Friday or practice on Saturday to at least get a sense of what's going to go on. Um, but yeah, just, uh, I don't know. I I'm glad, I'm glad we've added a new track to the schedule. Well, it just, it adds some intrigue, obviously. I mean, it, it's not a cookie cutter track that we've, you know, we, we go to three, four right. times a year. It feels, it's unique and it's, it's a, it's a, a bustling market and that I, I think is huge to tap into. Well, and we talk so much about going back to the fairgrounds. The success of this race is going to be a pivotal part of possibly getting back to the fairgrounds, too. So if, yep. you know, we can prove like, hey, fans are going to want to come out to this race in the suburbs of Nashville, they will love to come to a race in the city. Right. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Yeah. So I'm excited for it. Got all three series in action. Um, uh, we don't have the updated scoreboard between the two of us, but I know I still have the lead. You got a big lead. You, you, you say, you know, you got a big lead. I do. I, I was, yeah. But um, all three series in action this weekend. So I, don't, I, I do not believe Kyle Busch is running the truck race on Friday night. So truck series regulars. I've, I know John Hunter's only won four races, but it feels like he's won all of them at this point. Mm -hmm. now, he's never run in Nashville. So maybe that could be an advantage for a solder, a crafter, or something like that. But 
I mean, he's, he's the best truck in the field week in and week out. Yeah, I was going to go with Crafton um, just for the fact that he's been there before. And, you know, I think, you, I think a key is going to be to take care of your equipment to learn the track. Yeah. I, I like a guy like him to do that. So I would Matt Crafton. I'll stay in the Thor Sport camp. And, look, I know he's not been having a good season at all. Johnny Sauter, just from the fact that he has the experience there, similar to Crafton, um, I'm sure those guys are probably going to be working together pretty closely, you know, kind of trying to get an advantage off the rest of the field. So that's probably a bad pick, but I'll go with Johnny Sauter. It's only a bad pick if you didn't win, right? So the Xfinity race on Saturday, Kyle Busch has won at Nashville a lot between the Xfinity series and the truck series. So, I mean, it's low hanging fruit, but how can you not pick Kyle Busch? Yeah. You know, I, I want to, but just for the, the, I don't think number 100 comes this weekend. Right. Uh, so by the I'm, way, we know he's going to race past 100 now. Yeah. Which, which was, I, I think was never in question, but I didn't think so either. The, he just loves to race, and that's what I love about him. Throw him in anything, and he'll race. Yeah, and, and I've come to respect that a lot more over recent years. Yeah. Um, I'm actually going to go with his teammate, Harrison Burton. Okay. Very quiet uh, season for Harrison so far. Yeah. Um, you know, they, they, could, they could obviously use a win. And, and like I said, I think it's going to, with him never being there before, I think it's going to take somebody that takes care of their equipment and that just can hang around throughout the entire race. So I'll go with Burton. Well, no other Xfinity winners are going to be in the field at Nashville on Saturday. But one person that has raced there in the past before is Justin Allgaier. Mm-hmm. Justin Allgaier gave Kyle Busch a heck of a run on te- at Texas on Saturday. That team clearly has speed. We've seen how good they've been at the mile and a half. So if I got to go outside of Kyle Busch, I'm going to go with Justin Allgaier. Yeah, good pick. Uh, now the Cup Series on Sunday, so for guys like Kyle Busch, Kevin Harvick, Martin Trex Jr., these guys that had a good deal of experience at Nashville from their Xfinity days or their Truck Series days, um, you think, I mean, I got to think they have some kind of advantage over the rest of the field. Yeah, most definitely. Um, I'm going to go with Kyle Busch. I just, I love where they're, I know that they don't have the wins that they probably want at this point in time of the season, but I love where he is. I love where that team is. Um, he was the only one, you know, at the 600 a couple weeks ago that could give the Hendrick guys any kind of run for their money. And I know it's a different package and, and, and different track and all that, but I just really like where he's at right now. Um, so I'm going to go with Kyle Busch. So uh, I don't know if you grew up a fan of monster trucks like I did, but a little. Kevin Harvick is running a gravedigger scheme this weekend, and it looks gorgeous. And I want mm-hmm. to him, but I can't. They've been having – they've not been having that great of a season. Maybe he'll pull it out. I don't know. But I, I can't in good conscience pick Kevin Harvick. I mean, how can I not go with the Hendrick camp? They've been yeah. on a roll for the past month. Nobody's been able to beat them. They've been finishing all, um, all their cars in the top five and the top four. But I'm going to go a little bit different than Kyle Larson. I'm going to go with William Byron. Okay. So for – so Bowman's got his two wins. Larson now has three wins. Chase Elliott just got his win. I feel like people aren't talking about um, Byron enough lately. I want to say I was, I was actually at work earlier today. A buddy of mine that I work with is a big NASCAR fan, and we were talking about points or something like that. Yeah. Will, 
sitting fourth in points. Exactly. Look, and he, he's up there running with the rest of his teammates. It's not like he's running eight. So I just – I don't know. I feel like he's been flying under the radar through all this Hendrick success. Which, for a guy like him, a young guy, I, I don't think that's a bad thing. No, not at all. And, look, all four of those Hendrick cars are most likely going to have speed. Um, now I can't, I can't point to a specific thing about Nashville that would set him apart from everybody else. But I don't know. I just feel like he's there and his opportunity to get that second win is coming. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see. And um, obviously we're back on NBC for the rest of the season. Yep. Um, so to see how it all goes. Well, let's hope they bring back the sunshine because we need it. We could use it. That's for sure. All right. We'll be back next week to uh, break down all things Nashville and then ooh, look ahead to the Pocono doubleheader. Yeah. As exciting as that may be. Yeah, as exhilarating as, as that sounds. We got to do it, though. All right. For Dalton Mullinax, I'm Tyler Head. Thanks so much for listening. We'll catch you next time.